Do you take your earring off? What's yeah, going it's on? Really hurting me. All right, okay. It's like a sign that you're ready to fight. That is the sign, right? You take off your earrings. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Little... anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm from, by the way. Okay. Just in case, there's then no you class can issues here. Then, yeah. Hello and welcome to Girls with Goals. I'm Neve Mar, and I'm delighted to welcome my guest this week, Today FM DJ Alison Curtis an owner of Tropical Popical and the Unreal Issues, Andrea Horan. We're going to be chatting about mean girls, frenemies, teen movies, breakups going viral and travel diarrhea. That's got nothing to do with you guys. Don't worry about that. Um, first off, we are going to play our favourite game. It's called Six Words or Less and it's for our readers and our listeners of Her.ie who may not know who you are. So we're going to go to... Okay. We're going to go to Alison first. So okay. Six Words or Less. Um, six words or less. I I think I think of myself as quite loyal. I mm-hmm. think that would be a word I would describe. And I suppose I really believe in making your own family. So who your friends are and who you want to create as your own family. So I'd be very loyal. Mm-hmm. I would be determined mm-hmm. when I want something. Yeah, that's good. Always good. I usually try and succeed in getting it. I would be a giggler. I love laughing. Yeah. I would be a worrier. Okay. As well, I would worry quite a bit about crazy things. That's inter- nobody's ever really said worrier before. I would be a worrier, mm. and I don't come across as a worrier, so people yeah. don't know that. Like inside, I'm like all the time. <laughs> I'd like to think that I, yeah, I'd like to think I'm fun as well. Like I'd like to think that I'm. I mean, my daughter sometimes wouldn't say I am, but <laughs> I don't think children ever do, do they? Jerks. But <laughs> I, I would fight. Maybe I'm immature. Actually, that could be a word. Oh, okay. I, like I fight with her sometimes. My husband's like, Allison, you know, there's there's an adult in this situation. I'm like, I don't care. She started it. Okay. I, lo- <laughs> I love those God. words. Yes. It's such a mishmash. I love them. Andrea, six words or less. They were all lovely words. Mine are definitely not lovely. My first word is tacky. Okay. Um, which I don't think I need to explain. But I think tacky is a positive word and it gets a bad reputation. So I kind of see it as a compliment rather than. I don't think it's a negative at all. Loads of people do. If, you, if someone says, oh my God, that's so tacky, you obviously are like, oh, gross. I'm I like, love tacky Go things. on, show me. <laughs> uh, so tacky's first. Tropical, obviously, mm-hmm. for nail bar. Uh, drag loving, because... I'm obsessed with drag I'm obsessed in general. With drag, I go to the George like as my local. I'm obsessed with it. It's just the best. I love it. It is the best entertainment. Oh my it god, it really is. Yeah, and it's such a an art form because I've done it now three times um, with Veda as my drag mom. So it's like getting the how oh, it happens wow. and the inside and the dressing room. You've and, done oh, drag. Yeah. Oh wow, it's the best thing ever. Um, but that's what fascinate. I'm fascinated with not just the entertainment of the it, but the kind of yeah. the transformation and what it means yeah. in terms. of gender and femininity and masculinity and all that I only kind of started stuff. watching RuPaul's Drag Race really recently it's brilliant and I'm just obsessed and Michelle's amazing and she's Michelle Visage yeah. over yeah. here is amazing for Irish brands yeah, has she yeah, been yeah. into you guys yet no she hasn't actually but she gets back to Bitch. all the tweets I'm only checking <laughs> hi Michelle where are you getting your nails done Michelle yeah. <laughs> she gets them done by this girl YVY Nails in oh. the States okay that's okay. We'll let her. It's, we'll, we'll it's let her, her local. We'll let her away then. Yeah. So drag loving, that was another one. And then Mama Woke is what my friends call me. Mama Woke. <laughs> what I is like you that. how do you describe being woke? I don't know how I describe it. I think they see it as a slag to me because it kind of started off with something else when I used to be a partier, but it developed into Mama Woke. Um and it's more uh, I suppose 
with all because I was never activist led or interested in politics mm-hmm. and so now all of a sudden all my friends are literally being bombarded with all this shit and they're like oh my god shut off can we not just have a dance <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about your politics now in a little bit but Alison you of course present Weekend Breakfast mm. on Today FM just for a little bit of context I know Alison from years back and I'm going to try not to fall into a hole of just talking about radio but I'm just a radio it's my favourite I worked in radio too so, where did you work? Spin so maybe we are just going to talk about so. radio. Oh, right, okay. I saw one ad in six months. I was shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sales was not for me. <laughs> Did you ever go on air? Did I ever? Because you have a great voice. Yeah. Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, nobody else tells me that. Um, I did, but not while I worked there. No, okay. They fired me. Then. And then I asked you back to be a panelist. I or think, something. I think yeah. Spin is one of the only stations that I actually haven't worked for. Like I, I was working everywhere, and I was working in Phantom when yep. I think you were in Today FM. But you did a drive time show on Phantom for years, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, so I did both. Like when I first moved here, I uh, was only about four or five months, and then I got into radio as the PA to the then CEO of Today FM. Okay, and upon his departure years later, he thanked me for being the world's worst PA of which I was very proud about which Why I not? was I really Why was not? because he'd be like Alison you know can I get a coffee and I'd be like you got legs get it yourself <laughs> like I was the worst and like he'd be like can you type up those minutes I'm like mm, now <laughs> I was really the worst and you were a producer as well before you went on air That what were you no I, I had no radio background oh, so my okay. first radio job was working on the Ian Dempsey breakfast show oh. and I think my first conversation low, were you? yeah Jeez, and my first conversation with him I've, I love telling the stories I was like who are you and he's like I mean Dempsey I'm like what you do before this because I'm from Canada I didn't yeah. know and he's like oh a bit of TV a bit of radio I'm like whatever I'm Allison I'm from Canada I'm here to rock I love that I think, so cool. I think people <laughs> like when they don't know who you are though as I well. think it worked yeah. because when I was on that show for 10 years mm. but while I was on that show I was doing Phantom as a pirate radio station yeah. but then again my CEO at the time Willie O'Reilly um, I just bugged him for a good few months to say listen like there were no women on air yeah. like it was crazy yeah. Um, at Today FM and I just said what's that about coming from Canada it was quite common to have half the population on air weird so I just pushed for uh, a show and he gave me a fairly low risky slot which is the Sunday night show which I had there for 11 years I think I did last splash certainly for a long time do you remember the first time that you were on Irish radio because I remember the first time I was on Irish radio I do my mom and dad actually taped it off the radio and Uh, I still have the cassette of it was that on Phantom no 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 that was on Q102 I think it was a traffic report alright well that's still good it was pants you got to start it was horrible yeah. Uh, I'm like literally mom, mom did you see this oh, whatever I, <laughs> another thing cool I mispronounced everything and loads of people oh, so complained about it and all but sure look What's it starts somewhere I'm from Canada I'd be like Aofa says hi from about the block lock like that's my excuse <laughs> were you nervous <laughs> were you nervous when you no, went on first no. no so the first time was in a shed when Phantom was in a shed in Sandy Mount oh. and I uh, had to go to the bathroom and I figured we were going to a radio station they would have a bathroom but mm. little did I know no it wasn't it would be <laughs> Oh, a, a pile of peat logs out the back basically <laughs> like it was a shed yeah. and I'm like you want me to do a show for three hours like on a, with a full bladder I don't think that's going to happen so that I wasn't nervous I yeah. enjoyed it and you know Phantom back in the day when it was a pirate was pretty rocking like it was great it was great it was really cool I joined yeah. it when it wasn't well afterwards obviously but it was had still, I already left I hadn't you had you weren't there anymore yeah, yeah. but um, we were over in the other offices and then we moved into Marconi and then it changed Oh, yeah. 
Zodiacs yeah. and all that kind of so stuff. I so I had two lives on Phantom. So I was doing when it was the pirate. And then when I was heavily pregnant, somebody suggested I go over and do a talk show, even though I had an expiry date. And so I had to leave, obviously, to have the child. Yeah. So it was really strange. So I did about three months of a talk show and came back and did a year of, or not quite a year of a talk show and then went back to Today FM. So I kind of was on Phantom twice, but never when it was TX. So. And I mean, it's been years and you're still obviously loving radio. Oh, it's, I love it. Yeah. I love what radio achieves in Ireland in particular. And, and I mean, I've listened to a lot of different uh, radio stations across the world and there's just not the same, certainly not in Canada, there's not the same connection that people have, Irish listeners have to their audiences mm. here or to the presenters and shows. And, you know, people are really vocal and I really love what radio can achieve. I love the immediacy of it. I love how personable it can be. Like, my best things are when I get a message in from somebody saying, oh, Alison, you said hi when my daughter was born eight years ago and then when my son was born five years ago and we've just had another baby, yeah. which is brilliant because it they means feel they've very been there connected. for eight years. Yeah, they feel really connected to you and they, hmm. they, I think they feel more connected to you than, say, TV personalities because they text straight in and you see it straight respond, away. And yeah. you respond, yeah. And now we've got WhatsApp, which is brilliant, so you're actually <laughs> texting <laughs> them back. Yeah. So, like, I have a lot of friends. Yeah. <laughs> very popular. <laughs> I love it. I really love it and I think I'll forever love it. And mm. I fell into it pretty much by accident. Yeah. And I've really, I'm really proud. I'm proud of the weekend breakfast shows and what they have achieved. And Saturday uh, in particular is is just massive. It's the third biggest show on the entire station right now. Amazing. So it's following Dermot and Dave, following Ian Dempsey, and then Saturday breakfast is the wow. biggest. Like, it's fantastic. It's like, incredible. it's amazing. Yeah, Andrea, you're doing a little bit of broadcasting these days. Obviously, everybody knows about Tropical Popical. We all know about it. But you're doing... Another podcast. So I'm not one to I'm not <laughs> one to promote other podcasts on this show. But this podcast I will absolutely make an exception for. It's called Don't Stop Repealing, which I just need to say is the best name I've ever heard. It's good. For about where did you think of that? Um I don't know how it happened. I like because we were it was kind of like a joke name that mm-hmm. was just we just had and then we were like, Will we call it that? There was no nothing very strategic. Yeah. I uh, suppose behind it, it. if people don't know about kind of your interest in say the repeal the eighth movement, but I mean the Hun Real Issues is kind of you started that a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, two years now. Is and it so, two years. Two years, yeah. Wow. So just what? tell for any of our listeners who don't know about what the Hun Real Issues is, like where did you come up with that idea or what was the point of that in the first place? So basically I noticed that it was around the general election time that uh, the girls especially in Chop Pop weren't very engaged in politics when I was asking them who they were voting for or whatever mm. they were like um, whatever my mom's voting for and my sister was like I'm not watching the news I'm not opening a paper I don't care about it I don't, and I'm like but like, there's loads of stuff that's really important for your future about you that's happening and if you care about it you can push it a little bit and make it a red line issue with politicians because there's this whole army of women who weren't engaged so during that time Catherine Zappone came in to get her nails done for her wedding to Anne and the girls did her nails had the chats with her and like loved her and then the tone suddenly changed completely they're like what's the story how's the campaign going how's the votes what's the recount or whatever and she's in my constituency and like I saw our WhatsApp completely change and light up with politics and I was like this Mm. tiny little bit of exposure Mm. really made such a difference so I was like if there was something that could create this exposure on an ongoing basis to that was accessible not like I find a lot of feministy stuff 
quite exclusionary so it mm. was for everyone it was uh, easy to access and it was fun yeah. and a lot of stuff around repeal whilst it was doing the job that it needed to do of being angry and being serious I didn't relate to it even though I felt passionate about it and I was like if I don't relate to it there's loads of other people who mm. don't so I was like imagine if you could make it and what we say is that we throw glitter on a serious issue without minimising it so it, we don't have to be uh, sombre or whatever talking about women's rights we can see the positive in it and be celebrate the women's rights side of it and so we try and make it fun we do fashion we do art we do all the stuff that would be in a general campaign and that's kind of where it started I mean it's such an interesting way to go about it because like that I suppose it's kind of the big editorials that are in the big national newspapers and stuff and not saying that people shouldn't read those it's really important as well but these issues are actually affecting so many women and like that my WhatsApp group I think everybody kind of refers to their own WhatsApp group like so Sometimes we'll talk about we'll it. We'll have poly- to move to signals in after yeah. all the Cambridge Analytica stuff. Oh, I know. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. How do you signal eight? <laughs> no, there's a new app called Signal that's end-to-end encrypted, but we can talk about that later. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. I didn't either. No. But obviously, what I think is amazing with what you've done is you've put it into a context that has grabbed that population that wasn't engaged yeah. and, and empowered them and let them know that they can affect change. I think that's amazing. Well, hopefully, like, hopefully it works enough. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm always worried yeah. about the echo chamber and like whenever I like and I don't mean to like judge people, but then when I whenever I see like my sister and her pals engaging, I'm like, yes, yeah. um, as opposed to people who are repealers already. And so it's like it's like I want the new people, not mm. the people who are already engaged, but obviously mm-hmm. keep that moving as well. So don't stop repealing. Then you're going to be doing it once a week throughout the campaign. Every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Yeah. OK. And I mean, the whole point of it is to kind of keep people up to date on what's happening with the campaign and new developments. Obviously, things are kind of moving a little bit faster now. It's to keep mm. people up to date, but also to keep people positive mm-hmm. and to stop kind of a lot of p- campaigners get a bit of burnout so it's to keep the vibes going keep it positive but at the same time then kind of break down stuff that's happening into um, a fast accessible chunk so that it's and it's kind of yeah it's just a bit of, of fun but serious as well I suppose and you're doing it with Una Mullally yeah my yeah. oracle of information she's made I've never met her actually but she's, she's incredible yeah yeah she's incredible I just don't know how she has the same amount of de- hours in the day as I do I'm she literally like done. oh my god you know, how are you doing that and that and that and she I, like, I, a lot like I couldn't even do that yeah you're running a business and you're doing quite a bit <laughs> but she's next level yeah she is pretty she's incredible. next level so I'm absolutely fine with Don't Stop Repeal and beating us on the charts every single week for the rest of the campaign that's fine <laughs> I'll probably, she's giving you some pretty decent plugs I'm probably going to get fired for that one now but let's jump into our first topic so they've gone and made a Mean Girls musical so before we start talking about this do you guys like musicals? Uh, no but I like Mean Girls do you? musical some of them yeah, like I'm not sweating for them, but I'm not averse <laughs> if to them. Funny. Yeah, if they're funny. If they're good. <laughs> I think this is an interesting thing that they've done with this, because obviously Mean Girls, the 2004 movie, written by Tina Fey. Who we love. Unbelievable. That was actually my first kind of taste of Tina Fey. I didn't really know her before, because obviously we didn't get like SNL yeah, yeah, yeah. or anything here. But they've changed it now. So it's, it's, it's on Broadway at the moment, and I think it's just doing its preview. So it's getting good reviews. But they've changed the character of Regina George to kind of give her a little bit more nuance. And I don't know if I agree with this because Regina George was just pure evil. 
and that's what I kind of loved about her the most in 2004 and I suppose they're trying to give her a little bit more background so that people don't hate her as much but I loved Regina George she was my favourite character in that movie oh I don't know if that's it <laughs> <laughs> that's quite the reveal know, that's a people love thing for bitches me. yeah I think do. though is what they're saying right if, correct me if I'm wrong but we're trying to like you were saying with the word tacky we're trying to kind of reconfigure what people think of when they think of a very strong female leader in a group and that includes all different social circumstances and in yeah. high school or secondary school there is always those kind of leaders and to I think what they're making the distinction of is if you are a boss if yeah. you are a really strong girl but you're bringing people along with you it's obviously completely different than if you're knocking people out of that group and you're you're setting up this hierarchy kind of thing Yeah. because I don't really remember and it was a long time ago I was in secondary school but I don't really remember like our Regina in our school I was gonna and I'm ask. sure they probably were there but I think I fell into a very like very left to field kind of group of kids that were you know making music and yeah. doing drama classes and things like that which I loved and there seemed to be a very equal gender balance in that and Canada's very good for that like See, very good for that I didn't do that until we do we have really boring yeah. bland people though as well that's the offset <laughs> who don't oh drink God, very much so <laughs> I think I, I kind of did that in college I fell into like the the kind of left of field making drama and art yeah. and all this kind of stuff in college but in secondary school there were mean girls I remember them distinctly and I remember the kind of way that they were mean and it was tactical and kind of I don't think they were trying to be cruel, but See, they the were. 90s, the 90s were also kind of an interesting time for young girls in that we we were becoming, uh, certainly in my group, you know, we had like the likes of the Breeders and we had the whole, whole Courtney Love and we had, you know, Bikini Kill and we had all these really amazing girls that were That's very so much cool. bringing along other women, like that idea of doing that. See, so in the 2000s, really we kind of just had Paris Hilton and it was just... It was a rotten time, 2000, it was I have to bleak. say. I was glad I was I can't believe younger. you're being negative about Paris Hilton. No, I'm not. Come on. I'm just talking about the simple life. A lot to the world. Yeah, so. she has. We <laughs> won't talk hot. about her music, but she's brought a lot to the you world. You don't like her music? No, I don't like oh her music. music. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> it's on all our playlists. What's that? Um, what's Are that? We're having a good time. I love her. <laughs> I know one song that she sang. She was on a beach. I can't remember what it know. was, but I did um, like that. And we could, like we wore such baggy, disgusting, awful clothes, really. But it meant that we didn't have that pressure if you didn't want to be all skin. You, you, it just wasn't around. Poor guys or girls yeah. that were interested in girls. Like, see, all there was like a pillowcase everybody was wearing. But. I don't know. What, what do you Gosh, think? Frenemies? I think Ireland was different. Yeah. 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 We were all about the power struggle as yeah. opposed to the bringing people along and like not obviously intentionally but I think it was you were all not that you were trying to outdo each other but you were trying to find mm-hmm. your place in the group a lot and mm-hmm. I think that's what Regina was was very much controlling in Mean Girls and that's yeah. why I think people resonate with well I do anyway but you also had all girls schools and all boys schools I which was, in was an all, just yeah. not a thing for I was in yeah. an all girls school were you in an all girls yeah. school yeah what's the point of that it's you don't so, go to an all girls workplace it's absolutely bonkers <laughs> it's, because it's loads mad. of people like if you look at all boys schools boys don't know how to treat women and that's a lot of the reasons why we have such the problems we have today and the kind of yeah. co- consent respect etc because there's no um, engagement of no. female relationships that are 
aren't sexual. Your friends. Yeah, it's not yeah. friends. It's like you're trying to score the girls. You're not trying so to weird. be I know. pals. And I think that I, think, I don't know. Same sex school has a lot to answer for in that. And actually, sorry, I know this is I say it comes back to as yeah. well. Like I mean, the girls' school I, I went to, <laughs> everything was it was all about Jesus. You know, that I was know. kind of. What it's we a side what I'm about to say, but when I was trying to decide where to, my daughter was going to go to school, it was it was quite stressful. But the one thing that kept coming up was everyone's like, "Is she going to a mixed school?" And I was like, "Oh my god, why is everybody why is that such a big thing?" Yeah. Yeah. Like, why is everybody that's awfully racist? I'm assuming there's people <laughs> from different backgrounds. I was like, "What do they mean by mixed school?" Oh my god! I was like, "That why is everyone?" I didn't think this was a racist country. <laughs> Because I didn't know. Like, we just don't have that. Like, yeah. it's just my best friends growing up were dudes. and Yeah, it's such a weird segregation. Yeah. It, it I was think there. it breeds such awful traits as well. What I think is so different about kind of now and then as well, because the movie came out in 2004, so I was just 18. So I was coming out of my teens at that point. Mm. But, I mean, we didn't have emojis back then in 2004. Do you know, I think they had the flip phones in the movie, yeah. but we didn't have all of the technology that they have now. It would terrify me to be a teenage girl. At the moment. I think that's oh a completely gosh, valid yes. point. Yeah, and I do forecast because I have a daughter and I do forecast going, oh my God. And at like she'll be seven in two months and already they're kind of pretending to make these YouTube channels and she's like, this is my mom. Say hi, mom. And I'm like, oh, hi, everybody. <laughs> like a blank <laughs> wall. And she's like, and then, and I'm like, why is she talking about She have like a YouTube that? channel. No. Oh, okay. But a friend does. Really? And I just, oh no way. Goodness. But I also kind of go, how long will I be able to hold off on the phone? How long will I be able yeah. to hold off on all these milestones? Yeah. I think I a lot's going to change, though, definitely with technology in the next few years. As in which direction? As in, do you think like, it's I think go? Facebook is fading out of the yeah out of the stratosphere. Yeah, definitely. And, um, I th- hopefully that we start assigning value to um, talent as opposed to just wanting to be a blogger for yeah. the sake of being a blogger. How do and we do that though? I think about that a lot. I think about that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think it's about inst- that. I think though it is instilling and in, like uh, being a. Ex- having exposure to that and then going but what are you going to talk about yeah. and not just you're not just doing it mm. what is your and I think if you start as you are from a young age of like having actual talents and interests yeah. and all that jazz to but talk I, about I, I mean I'm going to sound really old now but it's kind of like you're not as old as me so go for it <laughs> but I, it's just why are people now kind of 17, 18, 19 coming up and they're just like oh, I want to be a blogger I want to be an influencer but they're not actually honing any particular talent well that extends further too and I, like I think about that a lot like and the impact that social media has and how people are um, you know attaining information or watching videos or getting music and all that kind of stuff and it does affect radio and it's affected radio massively mm. and what it's also done is I think it's sped everything up so everybody's so and myself included impatient mm-hmm. and because uh, I'd be online far too much I know I am yeah. and it kind of you're then impacted in what you know is the output say for radio where we're trying to do the hits all the time and we're trying to you know grab people with this online thing that everybody's seen but how are we treating this information differently where are the individuals where are the celebrity personalities like where are those people yeah. like it's watering down across the board and that does kind of frighten me a bit it's a little bit well I mean I just think about how things have moved on in the last few years and where exactly it can possibly go I think there's a lot of focus on brands and it's always on, I don't know if it's fair but it, there is uh, if brands are going to keep celebrating and using influencers in the way they are That's then true. it's going it's going to mm. keep giving that as a goal whereas if brands are getting people on board who actually not that I'm saying influencers don't but, but if who have something behind them as yeah. opposed to I just have 30,000 or 
3 million followers or whatever but it's going to I think brands are becoming a lot more astute and instead of focusing on they have 3 million followers it's like well they have 20,000 followers who are also interested in the interests that we're trying to target and the more that that happens I think the less the kind of generic influencer blogger thing will happen yeah but it does it does feel like it's a bubble and it feels like it's gonna burst and I think we got close there a few weeks ago with the Instagram account that popped up the caller out or bullshit one Mm. and I think like that was probably a tipping point for a lot of bloggers and a lot of influencers some of them have actually we ran a piece there on site during the week I think it's Rosie Connolly she actually pulled back from a brand of sunglasses that she had because people were questioning about the markup which was something else that this Instagram account did it kind yeah. of was like well you the have white labeling yeah like you have this mm. amount of followers and you have this amount and they're paying you this amount to you know say that this is a great brand but but what exactly are you doing with the business so the questions are starting to appear which I think is a good thing but also I don't know whether it's going to be more transparent or whether things are just going to be pushed under the rug even further and I also kind of forget because of like my uh, the stage of life I was at when I did join online and all this stuff developing mm. that I kind of go mm, I'm not influenced like I do have that sensation mm-hmm. of kind of going I'm not nothing kind of but I know for example ads work on me I'll be like that lipstick does look nice like and I'm, I'm, if you know it's oh, working yeah, it's yeah, fine right I buy anything I'm the worst like but I would literally I do buy anything that there's this massive pop population that are actually influenced by influencers yeah, whereas sure. I absolutely am not going out to buy Pippa's diaries or whatever the hell it is and candles. yeah and yeah. It, the candles cushions and it, whatever yeah. but it's like you do forget that there's this massive population which goes maybe to what you know you were talking about a minute ago that you know this idea we don't want like this idea of this herd just following everything but we can tap into things and how you've done with you know positive message and getting people politicised but if you look at then influencers like James Kavanagh who he's He's very himself he whatever he definitely works with brands etc but at the same time he, he uses platforms to talk about like bullying bullying autism sexual education, yeah. sexual education repeal the eighth the whole shebang so like there's a weight there do you know that way that he's like whatever so I kind um, of respect that we kind of got off topic there tiny bit we're going to come kind of what are we talking about we're going to come back mean to Mean Girls, Girls really quickly and that's just the final thing I want to say because we're going to uh, take a break now and talk about breakups then but did you know that Lindsay Lohan is now the spokesperson for Lawyer.com yes in a CGI ad or something. it's bonkers have you, have, you seen, have you seen the ad yes. oh my god here hold on a second I have to play this clip for you this is amazing when Lawyer.com first reached out to me um Um, I was confused and a little scared because I thought I was in trouble. (laughs) But when they asked me to be their spokesperson, I was intrigued. After meeting with the team, I realized Lawyer.com is just about helping people. From getting a DUI, let's not pretend like I didn't get one, (laughs) or two, or three, or some others. It's so simple, and it's free. All you have to do is go online or give us a call. So let's get started, because at Lawyer.com, we're always here for you. I kind of love her for doing that. I am glad to see Lindsay's on the track of goodness. I'm so happy that she's (laughs) She's a redhead again. I just think she looks fantastic. Well, I mean, obviously the good track and all that kind of stuff. I feel like she's on the straight and narrow. She's got her shit together. Lawyer.com, bam. Bam, sorted her. (laughs) I'd say she got so much money for that, though. Please don't put it up your nose, Lindsay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we are going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about breakups when we come back. But first, Monet Isabeth is a New Yorker. She's just launched a new female-led feminist travel series. And I was lucky enough to talk to her about travel diarrhea earlier in the week.
So we're going to talk about this new female-led feminist travel series called Who Knows Where in a moment. But first off, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and how did travel become your job in the first place? Yeah, so uh, I'm American, as I'm sure you can hear from yes. my voice. Um, <laughs> and I grew up outside of Boston. But when I was 13, I moved to South Africa with um, my father. And that really opened me up to a whole new world, but also the idea of a gap year, which in the U.S. is not a very common thing that people take. Okay. Um, so when I moved back to the U.S. and finished high school, I took a gap year, and that was like, okay, I want to be doing this as much as I can for the rest of my life. I want to be traveling and meeting new people and talking to people. Um, so when I left college, I studied film, and um, I went to South Africa and Nepal, and interviewed women, um, women from the LGBTQ community in South Africa, and women who had, uh, who were widows in Nepal, just hearing their stories and documenting them. Um, and from there, I got involved with a nonprofit called Lit World that runs self-confidence boosting clubs for girls and boys around the world. Mm-hmm. And I've been um, documenting the work of them for their campaign, which is called the Her Story campaign, which focuses on girls' stories and amplifying them. And I've been doing that for the past four years. And the most recent endeavor is this series. I was going to ask you about the Her Story campaign. I saw some of the videos online. Um, They're incredibly powerful. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came about in the first place? This organization, it's, it's the campaign is run by two organizations, Lit World and Global Glow. And um, they take stories and the ability to tell your own story very seriously Mm -hmm. and that to be empowered you need to be able to have the building blocks to be able to tell your own story so that's what they do through their programming and through the her story campaign we wanted to create a space where we could amplify these stories yeah so my role in that was traveling to some of the communities that they work in so we have um four videos for her story right now which are in colombia nepal um, Detroit in the U S um, those stories, I traveled to the communities and, um, spent time with the girls and worked with them to come up with, um, the narrative that they wanted to share and their own stories. So the videos are narrated by the girls. Um, they wrote that narration themselves Mm. and it shows their daily life and sort of the struggles that, um, they've faced, but also it really focuses on, on, joyness and joyfulness and how much power they have um, and kind of their amazing voices. So tell us about this new, now it's described as a feminist travel series and it's called, (laughs) well, it's also described as a female-led feminist travel series and it's called Who Knows Where. So what can we expect from that? Or actually, where did it come from in the first place? And how is it a feminist travel series? I'm really intrigued by that. I came up with this idea about two years ago where I wanted to, I travel a lot and I travel solo a lot. Um, And I'm constantly getting asked by people, by men, by women, you know, do you feel safe when you're traveling? Is it safe? Like, I can't believe you do that. Aren't you scared? Mm. Um, And I'm not scared and I'm super safe. And I wanted to create something that would make travel feel attainable and accessible to people you know, specifically I was aiming for women, but I really think that anyone can watch this and, you know, have a good laugh at it at me because I'm an idiot, um, in it, or 
um, they can just enjoy it. But my my hope was that someone watching would finish the video and be like, huh, like she's pretty average. Like I could do that too. If Monet can do it, I can do that. Um, I feel like I look at uh, travel videos today. I love planning trips. It's like almost more fun or at least as fun as going on them. Yeah. But I don't watch the travel videos that are put out there now because they feel so unattainable. I finish them and I just feel like envious. I don't feel like I could go out and do that. I feel like I'm like, oh, and I'm just sitting here doing nothing. So you're going to show kind of the nitty gritty of it as well. Like not everything is like an Instagram video, you know, so you're going to show it all. Exactly. So like travel diarrhea. Oh, funny. I actually, I really wanted to do a segment on travel diarrhea in the video. I mean, do you you have, do you have to do that? (laughs) I'd actually like to make a request that you don't do that. That'd be great. (laughs) Oh no, no, no. It will happen at some point. Oh, brilliant. Um, It didn't happen on this one though. Okay. So where are you going in the videos then? What places did you visit? The first episode is out tomorrow and Mm -hmm. I go to Nepal where I visited. um, This is my fifth trip to Nepal in the video. Um, and I'm doing the Annapurna Sanctuary Trek, which takes you up to Annapurna Base Camp in the Himalayas. Um, it's beautiful. And it's also a trek that is, it's one of the most famous in the world for its beauty, but it's also super accessible um, and easy. You can do it without a guide. Yeah. Um, and in the video, I talk about, in terms of the feminist type thing, you know, I talk about getting my period. Um, I, I talk about... Um, you know, just being on my own and traveling up there. And I think like for, from my point of view, existing in this space that in the mainstream is just so dominated by white men, essentially. Um, it's kind of like a small act of rebellion just to be a woman out there telling jokes and being myself, not having a perfect body. You know, it's not, I think it feels it feels that to me is, is my own form of feminism. Absolutely. Monet, listen, I'm really excited to watch your videos. I can't wait to see how the diarrhea goes as well. <laughs> so tell us, how can people how can people watch these videos? So um, tomorrow it's going to be released on matadornetwork.com as well as shared on social media platforms. They're at Matador Network on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is at Monet is the best. I will definitely be sharing it there as well as on Facebook. Monet, thanks very much for taking the call. Thank you so much. This is great. Okay, so we're back. So breakups being contagious. This was a really interesting thought. And then I actually, I read a piece about it during the week and then I watched an episode of Sex and the City and Miranda, who is going to be New York governor, which I'm so excited about, was talking about relationship myths and it all made so much sense to me. But I read a piece in Cosmopolitan, which is where I get all my news. And it turns out that when it comes to divorce, you are 75% more likely to split with a spouse if you see a close friend or a family member who has done that. So what do you guys think about this whole idea of breakups going viral? I think there is unfortunately some truth in that mm. and I think there's I mean there's so many variables each relationship's unique yeah and, absolutely um, I do think people do get a bit nervous if one couple in a group 
it does split because everyone's like, what are they thinking? And you're just like eyeballing your partner going, what are you thinking? But I, I think actually the thing is, if you do get married really young or find your partner really young, I do think it's very, and it's a horrible thing to say probably, I should be more of a romantic, <laughs> but I think it's a very hard thing to sustain. Like, yeah. the, you know, because I have cousins that met when they were 16. They're now 65 and they're madly the in love, which is great. For the rest of your life. But it's rare. So I'm glad that I met my husband towards the end of my 20s because there's no way. Well, first I was a real dickhead in my early 20s so I don't think he would have stuck around <laughs> I to be honest. That. Yeah, I really, I, 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 was. No, I, really <laughs> I really was. But I, I'm so glad I met him later in life because you do kind of sort through a lot of things and you be, you're much more confident you in who you change. are. You absolutely yeah. change from when, I mean like I, I look at my parents and aunties and uncles who met each other when they were 18, 19, married at That's 20, crazy. 21 and I mean. That gives me a panic attack. Fight like yeah. cats and dogs but it was just the thing that was done back then. You just, when you got married that was it, you know? know. And now I think I think obviously every relationship is different but I don't think it's necessarily a negative thing that people are like you know what you can grow and evolve and move yeah. but there is something about when someone in your group of friends break up yeah. it kind of makes you look at your own reassess. relationship and reassess and maybe give you the confidence to do something you wanted to do and you were thinking oh I better st-. and I think that a lot of relationships um not that I can see in them but a lot of relationships people stay in them because it's been for so long the thing you do you find someone you meet you settle down you have kids and that's yeah. just especially in Ireland um, maybe not necessarily as much abroad but that was what mm. you did and then when people have that they're like well this is what I meant to do I meant to be in this relationship and then somebody breaks up and they're like oh I I actually don't so it might give them the confidence to do something that they wanted to do but just felt like they should stay in the relationship I think Ireland is better than Canada in a way really? in the sense that like yes. getting no in many ways Ireland, I don't know if that's ever no, been in said in many ways Ireland is better than I'll tell you, I could, that's a whole other podcast for me but basically uh, the amount of women that I know that are single and in their 40s here is amazing and they're happy and they focused on business mm-hmm. and you know I hope most of them are happy um, but that we get married a lot later and we we have children a lot later like yeah. I was the last of my Canadian group of friends to have a child and I was 36 having her so um, they, they were like I'm done at 35 and I'm like we're just getting going here <laughs> so I do think there's a bit more freedom here and less judging in that respect there is a bit more freedom but it, it's all it's not definitely not judgment but you know like I'm 31 now and you start getting the questions a little bit and it's not pressure but it's kind of more oh What's happening so you're, with you're, you? So you're focusing on your career and it's kind of like, well, it's one or the, the other. other. Do you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's never is it still that, you think? Yeah, I mean, I, guess it is. I suppose that's only my opinion, but for me, it does feel like, you know, there, there'll be that question and then it'll be like straight into like, wow, you're doing so great in your career though. Let's talk about that one because that's positive. I I'm think just like, it's well, just it's not so negative that I don't have conversations. kids. When you meet someone, you ask them, what do you do? Are you married? And yeah. that's yeah. just our conversation structure yeah. um, of meeting new people or of questioning someone you haven't and seen in a while. And box heads. <laughs> What are you watching, watching on Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me exactly what to watch on Netflix. Yeah, I don't know, but I do that definitely that phenomenon of people breaking up is and I mean that happens I think kind of in two stages of life. It happens as you're getting to that stage where you go, Do I want to marry this person? Mm-hmm. And I go, yeah. No, I don't want to and there's loads of breakups, say, in the late twenties or you know, early thirties, whatever. And then I do think it happens again late forties, kind of fifties, yeah. early fifties. I kind of think though you have to I don't really, not that I don't get monogamy, but I just can't understand it because I feel like as you grow, you ch- I change 
who I am every two years and if I and I <laughs> like clockwork every <laughs> okay two that's years. me new Andrea <laughs> <laughs> but like and I like not that I change my friends but my friends have different roles as I evolve and mm. I kind of tune into some of them more as mm. I whatever so I can't imagine one person who's also changing and then us having to really work it's to hard. stay together and it's, it's hard um, it's really hard well, I can like, there's this really funny tweet I think it was um, it was something about Jesus and it was like you know nobody is talking about the fact that Jesus has a really core group of 12 friends in his 30s and we should really talk about that because it is hard obviously because and everybody each of your friends should play a different role and yeah. I can't imagine throwing that sort of pressure onto someone uh, to fulfill all those needs yeah. uh, in terms of and what you, you want. friends. Like my circle now is mostly parents of my daughter's right. school friends. Yeah. Of which I've been fortunate to meet uh, lots of great people and I spend so much time with them and they provide a very different role to the friends that haven't gone on to have children or whatever. Yeah. It, you know, it is. I mean, I think breakups being contagious is one thing, but I also think relationships can be a little bit contagious. I think sometimes mm. if you're in a group and for some reason it kind of happened like a person perfect storm with me and my friends about a year ago there's nine of us in our whatsapp group and literally within about two months five of us were single and we hadn't been single in years and we all didn't really know what was going on but I think mm. we subconsciously were like we have oh, someone else to go to coppers with well exactly yeah but I <laughs> think there's coppers group is growing there's also I, I don't go to coppers I've never been well, you can rename your whatsapp group yeah coppers. Coppers. let's go to coppers um, but I think like if you're in a group as well and everybody is in a relationship it kind of makes makes people sometimes go oh you know what it would be really nice to be in a relationship but then you're in fear of settling it's really hard and I think like this has come up a lot and I I think I am really lucky and just fortunate in that I, I I haven't had many relationships so I haven't had many breakups and we all have that one big nasty one mm-hmm. and um, that was my next question he's really heavy and he's in Canada now but whatever <laughs> and, <laughs> but that's like when you're 22 23 your first love yeah and then I did I just I was quite happy on my own for my 20s and then I met my husband and it, it's just luckily been very smooth sailing since then and we're actually next week or last week 16 years together and wow. then 10 years married and I'm just really lucky and really fortunate and very very in love with him still and very lucky and I don't take that for granted either because I know that isn't always the case yeah. so just fortunate in that way I suppose but yeah it's like, rough out there at the moment <laughs> you are lucky it you is know, and rough I know, and I have a twin sister so obviously it's the same age as me and Toronto is not a social city like it's actually very anti-social and really it's full of dudes going I got 25 blackberries you're like who gives a crap or whatever like <laughs> so she's single and that is I, I think it's very hard mm. to meet people there yeah. and I think it is hard I hate genderifying it again but I do think it's harder for women to be single in a certain age than it is for dudes but I think it's better in Ireland like it's so much more social and the groups are so much more diverse and that's getting a bit cack though to be honest like it was it? it was fine for a while but now everyone's everyone is pure sick of online dating I think anyway. I get that I would I like pure sick of that. it yeah I think online dating's in bits but I think it is dead I, I, think. I think though are you going the old fashioned route face to face meet each other <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean you never know like, it works I think it does absolutely yeah. no I've, I've completely cut all that shit out it's just gross it's disgusting I hate I hate it yeah. I wouldn't say it's gross it serves a purpose it does serve a purpose and but I, I personally hard. have had gross experiences with it so and I, I think just, we re- need to reevaluate 
about dating in Ireland yeah. because we've never been daters. We're literally lob the gob in a club at like 3am. That's how you meet people. And now we're married. <laughs> and, now you're married. <laughs> and it, then it suddenly went to this online thing where you were swiping. It's like we skipped a And step. we skipped actually yeah. l- learning how to date. And mm. I think there's, I've definitely seen a reemergence of dating coming in mm. um, and I hope it continues. But yeah, because I, I asked my yeah. husband when we first met, I was like, well, will we go for a coffee? And he's like, what? Like, you mean like a coffee tasting kind? I think I'll like, go ahead and blame single sex schools for this again. Yes, Maybe we can I just blame so. everything yeah. on Catholicism. But like we do, I do think that dating is something that people are a little bit afraid of yeah. here in Ireland. But like multiple dating, like we, it's not, it wasn't considered weird to like date a few yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. suddenly if you go on two dates, you're like, yeah. LinkedIn, it's like, we're only seeing each other. We've had a date. Well, you're yeah. just trying people on, I guess. Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> fits like a glove. <laughs> I'm going to edit that part out. Um, Don't. <laughs> but I do think it's a it's a funny kind of thing. But in terms of breakups, we're also obsessed with breakups. We're obsessed with celebrities when they break up. Like, honestly, stories, stories of people breaking well, up. Well, are we, are, though, or is it just... Pff- pushed on us by the media. I mean, yeah, I guess so. And Do you I'm, care? No, I don't care. I don't care. But is that my generation? You're younger than me, but you said you don't care. <laughs> Would you not talk about it then? Like, for example, when Jennifer Aniston and Justin Theroux split up, did you ne- You never spoke about it, never spoke about it in the salon? It wasn't talked about, you're a better person than I am? No. I've like... What is the talked about things in Tropical Popical? Actually, yeah, let's just talk about that. <laughs> what do we talk about? Uh, I just take selfies whenever I'm in there, to be honest with you. I took my daughter for her first nails to get done there. And I had, she was six, like we had, she went like pink and purple and frost or whatever. And I had a cousin over from Canada and she was only 19. And I think she literally, this goes in with the blandness of Canada. I think she literally was like, what is this place? There's tan, there's boobs, there's leopard print, there's everything. She loved it though. It was amazing. As a side. Um, lads, that is all the time we have for now. Thank you so much to my panellists, Alison Curtis and Andrea Horn. Andrea? Andrea? Whatever. 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 Thank, you. Thank you to our Spotlight Just interview this week. Manet is a bit. I'm Neve Mar. Next week is Easter, so we might be coming a little bit later than expected, but we will chat to you then. Yay! Yay! <laughs>